Have you ever had the feeling like you're being watched? The wives' tale explanation is that it's a primal instinctive feeling that is beyond rational sense. If you feel you're being watched, it's likely that you are. However, a doctor in the late 1800s named Edward B. Titchener decided that he'd run a series of experiments to see if this can be quantified. It gets a little complicated when you introduce ideas of consciousness through introspection and other attributes of parapsychology. The long and the short of the experiment was that it had no success. The subjects couldn't tell in a controlled experiment whether they were and were not being watched without their knowledge. The idea seemed to really stick with people over the next 100 years, who were just so sure that maybe there are different methods of testing this instinct. In 1913, a study resulted in a 50.2% accuracy by John E. Coover. Then in 1983, a closed-circuit television method had a higher confirmation of 74% in success. This, however, was uh, highly criticized by the scientific community as having what they call a result bias. So, from just flat-out receiving a negative or at best inconclusive result, it doesn't seem very promising, does it? It's a little discouraging to know that when science took a stab at this wonderment of human phenomenon that everyone has experienced at least once in their lives, they almost found nothing. And yet, after all this time, we experience it so widely as humans that scientists in parapsychology are just so sure there's some mental explanation to be laid out and explored. As I've said in a previous episode, to quote Arthur B. Clarke, Magic is just science that we don't understand yet. So who knows if one day we'll have a bridged connection to what this feeling of being watched is, and more importantly, when to trust it. I'm Tasha Wheelhouse, and this is Copper Shock. The below story was submitted and adapted for storytelling from Lucas in Cedar City, Utah. I've been to Bear Lake a lot of times with my family. We have a massive cabin that we used for family reunions about once a year. This was a familiar and wonderful place to me. What happened in 2014 soured a lot of my experience, and I don't like going there as much as I used to, even if I'm okay now. I'll let you guys know up front, this story gets a little on the religious side. Some people don't like their supernatural stories mixing with faith, but that's what some of this is. It was the first week of September. All of my friends and I would head off to separate colleges around the state when the weekend was over. Since it was fall, my parents didn't mind as much if my friends and I took over the cabin for a weekend trip. The only catch being we had to do general cleaning before we left. Bear Lake is beautiful. Even though we didn't have a speedboat with us, we could still splash around on the beach, have bonfires at night, and generally hang out with one another. On our last night there, I was on the top deck that overlooks out to the water. The cabin is settled in between a lot of other houses around us, but we've got the best view for sure. Bear Lake is a massive stretch of water that sits inside a bowl of green rolling hills. The hills are pocked all over with big cabins, just like my family's cabin. It was nighttime and pretty late. I don't remember the exact time, but Cambry, a girl I had a crush on at the time, had just come out to sit next to me and look over the moonlit waterfront. 
I started to talk to her more and realized this may be one of the last times I'd actually get to tell her how I felt. I do dumb stuff around cute girls, especially when it's someone like Cambry. She was a sincere soul, kind to everyone she interacted with. She also had a hint of vanity about herself that mostly shone through as confidence. I told her how sad I felt that she was going to UVU, and I'd still be down at SUU, staying with my parents in Cedar City. I tried to kiss her, and she leaned back. A very bad sign. I felt my cheeks flush hot with embarrassment as she tried to keep talking on in conversation about how we're friends and college is a new horizon to explore, and that I'll meet someone great. I nodded a lot, mostly to show that I was somewhat engaged in conversation to be polite, but I just wanted to crawl into a hole and pull it in after me. Cambry went back inside when someone called her name. Uh, frankly, I don't even remember who. But I wanted to just keep sitting outside. I wanted to be alone. I have no idea how long I did stay out there, listening to the crickets and looking over the way that the water shuffled over itself in the moonlight. I scanned everything in the distance. I didn't see any cabin windows lit up at all. All these cabins were empty with the season being over or people went to bed hours ago. I looked back to the water. To my astonishment, I saw someone rising from the shoreline. I remember feeling really confused at first. Who would go for a late night dip? There's a curfew at Bear Lake to deter would-be partiers. I also wondered why they would be alone and waited to see which nearby house they would walk to. I couldn't see much about them other than their outline, and it was definitely a dripping wet person of some kind kicking up sloshing water with each step they took onto the beach. But then they stopped. I didn't understand then in that first encounter with this person was stopping to look at me. I decided enough time had passed with most of my friends asleep that I could finally come back inside. I wasn't afraid then, but I would be over the next few weeks. The next morning, we packed up everything and did a top-down cleaning of the house. Each bathroom scrubbed, even if we didn't use all of them. All three floors had to be vacuumed for each room. Everything. Cambry made a not-so-subtle point to ride in the opposite car of me. I didn't care at that point. I really just didn't want to see her either. I sat in the front passenger seat, waiting for everyone else to get in so we could leave. I looked into the side-view mirror, and far away beyond the hill was a dark person staring at me. I don't mean dark as in dark-skinned or anything. I literally just mean that light hardly reflected off of him. And he was dripping wet. I opened my car door and faced where the reflection was coming from. No one was there. Really, I only saw the guy for two Mississippi count in the mirror before I stood up. I shook it off. But this is where more of it picks up. I started seeing stuff like that day, but a lot more. I'd hear splashing of water in rooms where that sound made no sense. It only lasted for about a half second, but I know I heard it. I'd smell this terrible algae smell when lying in bed some nights. And then there was that night, 
I had this compelling feeling to just look outside. My feet felt numb as I swung them over the side of my bed to stand up. My arms were heavy as I reached for the blinds to tip open a single blade with my fingers. It was facing me from three blocks away. The dripping man stood against a hillside facing my window, facing me. I crumpled to the floor to get out of sight. He was getting closer. I started to cry. I'm not ashamed to say that. I was terrified and I knew I was not going to get any sleep tonight. I laid in my bed browsing YouTube when I decided to just start searching for demon stories to see what would come up and if anyone else had seen anything like this. I think I dug through about 13 videos. Some started cycling through the same stories even. I decided to post a comment in the last one I saw. I didn't want to talk to anyone in my life about the wet humanoid thing that followed me home. In my comment, I said, Someone please help me. I went out to a lake and now there's something following me. It's followed me all the way home, and each time I see it, it keeps getting closer. It's dark, and it makes me feel despair when I look at it. What do I do? I hit comment, and it published it live. I waited all night, but no one responded. Not even someone interested in trolling me. It wasn't until a few days later that I got a notification from YouTube saying someone had commented on my comment. I opened up the email to read the message. The tone read like someone in earnest. It said, Hi there, I'm a 17-year-old from Tennessee. I don't know how religious you are, but based on what you've described, it sounds like it's giving off the impression of stalking you the way a predator would. I'm about to say something that sounds like a sappy, Bible-throwing grandma thing, but I mean it with the most honest sincerity for your sake. The next time you see it, you need to say straight at it, in the name of God, I command you to leave me alone. It's not so much about the word God that will help you. People use it every day but the feeling of God you have within you. It's how much you believe in what you're saying to that unknown demon that will affect it. I'm not saying drop everything and go be a monk, but when you say it, you cannot have any fear in your heart. You're invoking an ancient being that is so commonly known today and looked over. A being who is taught all over the world to be compassionate and show light. This will combat the darkness you're encountering. I had to read the message twice. I'm not religious. My family isn't, and it's been a bit of a painstaking thing in my life as Cedar City is 90% Mormon. Nonetheless, the YouTube message lingered in the back of my mind. I mused over that phrase in my head, but I never said it out loud. When I did say it, I wanted it to mean something. I just didn't know what yet. Overall, it made a sort of pragmatic sense. You're encountering a superstitious being, invoking the right opposite superstitious being would work. The problem was, I was having a hard time believing any of this was real to me. 
I know what I've seen, smelt, heard, and felt with the hairs that stood at the back of my neck. I began to practice the phrase in my head so that the next time the water demon got even closer to me, I'd be ready. I hadn't bothered to research other options, and what would I have to lose in trying? I kept an eye out for a while, but it was quiet, and over a space of two weeks, I just kind of forgot about it. I was just starting to get comfortable again. That is, until I was walking home from a park on SUU campus. I had laid out a blanket and began packing up my homework before my walk home past the Ingolstadt Shakespeare Theatre. It's one of the few replicas in the world of the original theatre that Shakespeare did plays in in the 1500s. I hitched my backpack high on my shoulder and crossed the streets to enter my neighbourhood. It was relatively dark when I was reaching close to home. But then I smelled it. Water algae. It unmistakably hit my nose, something nearby. I felt the color drain from my face and sweat begin to break out under my armpits. I'd stopped practicing the phrase by now, and the fear coming over me made my mind spin, trying to remember desperately what it was I was supposed to say. I turned and felt a scream get stuck in my throat, not quite making it out. The creature stood only about two houses down from me, dark, leaving a trail of water with each step. The thing was actually close enough that I saw more details now more than ever. He was grotesque, gills flexed about his face down his neck and shoulders. The surfaces of his naked body would even pulse between invisible and solid. The eyes were sunken in and disturbingly concave inward in shape. The eyes themselves were black pupils with red bloodshot veins about where the whites of the eyes should have been. It gurgled in pleasure looking me over and bared its teeth. The teeth were blunted looking grey stones gaped between each other. It would have been comical if it weren't for the flood of impending doom hitting my stomach. It took a step near me in a jagged fashion, having trouble holding up its body frame like a human. Stupidly, I thought to myself, you're a fish out of water. What was the sentence I was supposed to say? I started to breathe heavier and feel an anxiety attack coming on. The creature jittered and fell to its hands and knees, crawling toward me, its skin still cycling sections of see-through and solid. I felt my throat swell up as I breathed in and out through my mouth. Suddenly, my brain fired off. Absolute clarity hit me. I faced the dripping thing and said with a confidence I haven't felt in my life since. In the name of God... I command you to leave me alone. I said the whole sentence calmly and with an assuredness. The next moments of doom were somehow inconsequential, as though time didn't matter as I said those words. That everything would work out fine, or somehow already had? I believed what I was saying and that the authority I invoked would come to my soul's defense. 
I felt this in the core of myself, and a warm feeling spread out from it. In a blink, the dripping demon man was gone. Even the wet splotches on the sidewalk were dry, like it had never been there. I felt gratitude swell inside my chest. It was gone. The looming hum of tension, the feeling of being watched since I'd come back from the lake, was no longer eating at me. I got out my phone and sat down on the sidewalk. I pulled the same YouTube video and commented back, Thank you, whoever you are. Everything is going to be alright now. I put my phone in my pocket, stood up, and continued the walk home with a smile and a feeling of being safe. I still avoid going back to Bear Lake, and my family doesn't understand why. But I'm okay with that for now. I may tell them in the future, and in my own time. We are so excited to see so much of our Copper Shock community reaching out to participate. Messages from all over to tell us of interesting or strange things that have happened to them. The next few weeks' episodes will be interpretations of bizarre nightmares that have been experienced by Copper Shock listeners. Next week's episode is a personal dream of mine. I dreamt about studying abroad in Japan. The school I was sent to was housed in a building that used to be a hotel that suffered a violent tragedy. This painful tragedy echoes through time, and I would soon find out how thin the veil is between the spirit world and ours. Please reach out to us on Copper Shock's Facebook page. I love it when you say hello. If you liked this episode, please don't be shy about sharing it with your social media, liking our Facebook page, or giving us a review on your podcast app. Every little bit helps to grow our community. I'm so grateful. And until next week, we'll see you real soon.